I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Break Evans. We're going to go through Halfback and 5-8 today. Very, very interesting one. A heap of guns. A couple of cheapies floating around as well and a couple of different avenues to take. I've got my co-host with me, my 5-8 T-Rex doing. Halfback, Cleary Hines, moving on to 5-8. How good? <laughs> it's a bit like that for me. I'm not going to lie. I know other people are looking in different directions. I kind of think about thinking the room a little bit, but... I do have a, just because someone had to do it, uh, an anti-Nathan Cleary yep. chat coming up. So might be able to wrangle someone out of it and then hopefully he comes out and have just 110. Good. I've got an anti-Nico Hines Perfect. chat coming. So brace yourself. Uh, joining us once again today is the Rook. I bent my rookie. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good, guys. I'm loving this. This is great. We've It's just been such an eventful morning already. Mm. Yeah, we had a fire alarm go off about 15 seconds ago, so we're sort of on eggshells because it was fucking loud. Rook, you've been working on your arrogance during the week. I know you've started with a pretty big head the last couple of rounds, so how are are you feeling? Arrogant as ever. Yeah, good. Ready to roll. Wouldn't have it any other way. Did you make any adjustments to the team this week? I noticed Ty Munro, uh, Gonski, rumours Suwali'i could miss the side. That's pretty much... Your entire backline from memory. How are yeah. we feeling? <laughs> no, I, I did make some changes, um, especially to that that time on row position, which is very sad for me. And we're looking at the Campbell Graham news, which we we kind of touched on mm. in that episode, and then that was obviously confirmed as well. So yes, I've made some changes to my side. Shout out to Kat who made some unreal Campbell Graham content last week, ready for Instagram, <laughs> and then uh, that news broke, which. We half broke in the morning but didn't believe it. Turns out it was true. Heaps fucked. The Rook's curse. Yeah. I, oh, I don't know. Are we curse really going to start that? The Rook's curse. The I mean, Rook brought down Campbell Graham. Who's next? <gasps> yeah, well, she had Ty Munro on her team. He got injured. You haven't picked any Raiders, have you? I've got quite a few Raiders. Who, who, who are your other CTWs? Because you seem to be cursing them one by one. Well, in terms of if we're talking Raiders, I've got Strange and Chevy Stewart. Oh, shit. Yeah. Get Chevy out of there, please. No, I'm not. I need that boy fit and firing. Playing this weekend, very exciting. Keen to see a lot of these. There's a lot of exciting young fullbacks getting around this weekend. Ethan Strange named seven was the interesting one because we were looking at that round one team and going, all right, Sebby Chris on return from suspension round two will slot in at centre, we assume, from alongside Matty Timiko. Strange, we know he can obviously play half as well. Maybe KO Weeks doesn't have that mortgage on the 5-8 spot that we think. I read that as Ricky Stewart saying there's a six jersey yep. for one of you. 
let's see who comes out. I think you made a very good point a couple of weeks ago, mate. I think the the one that defends best mm. will probably be the front runner there for me. Mm. Yeah, they cannot afford to leak points that footy side. So big watch that uh, Raiders side. While there's obviously a lot of stars missing, these rookies are getting a chance to put their their name up in lights and. Big watch. 100%. Now, when we're talking names up in lights, we've obviously got Blue Wealth Property who are joining us again in season 2024, but we are looking for another sponsor for the show uh, that you can come and work with myself, Timmy, and The Rook if you want a slice of that pie. (laughs) Uh, But we're here. We are keen for a sponsor to come on this year, mate. We are, mate. Yeah, so if anyone would like to get on board with beers and break-evens this season, work alongside us, uh, exciting opportunity there. Plenty of content to be created and see what we can do. Yeah, we uh, we have a, a little announcement for the season that we are going to have two episodes a week. Yes, there is. So we're going to have the Jeez, late show. Jeez, that's come out of nowhere. No pre-show chat of announcing that. But no, bang. I just thought, you know what? <laughs> Why not? Let, let's play a bit of fucking footy and see yeah. where we go. So you the late show. A bit of off-cuff podcasting. I do, I do. Big fan. So yeah, yeah. the late show will be, uh, you know, we'll unbuckle the belt strap. We'll mm. sit back and... Uh, Get a little bit wild, I think. Yeah, dribbling to you, what, a couple of podcasts a week, one bloke in a bar, one beers that evidently wasn't enough. So we're going to add another shorter, sharper, more intense, bit more wild mm. Wednesday nights, late show. Yeah, Wednesday night late show, I yeah. think. So it'll be like, you remember when Big Brother Uncut was a thing and occasionally you'd see a boob or something? Yeah. I think it'll be a bit like that. Yeah, but no boobs in the night. <laughs> bit, bit, bit of Rue side boob. The Rue side boob out. Yeah, how good. <laughs> Exciting times. Um, yeah, so any um, sponsors that would like to come on board, beersandbreakevens at gmail.com or reach out to SC Playbook, Rugby League Guru. Uh, feel free to reach out to Kat Haddad too. I would be more than happy to see her deal with this. Yeah, instead yeah. Of me. I can do so, some admin uh, for them. That's fine. I'm not ruling it out. Um, exciting, mate. It is, mate. Another show. How good. Yeah, can't wait. It uh, just gives us a little bit more of an opportunity to, you know, doing the one show a week. You know, we look at team lists. We look at a few things here and there. It just looks – allows us to look at Supercoach in a different light, share some different thoughts, chain things up a little bit. So – uh, I'm really looking forward to it and, yeah, just putting some uh, some new content out to, to the Beers and Break Evans faithful. Mate, that'll push us up into around about the five hours a week together range, yeah, which is uh, look, I'm, I, I'm daunting. Not, I'm not happy about it, but, look, that's what you got to do for content, as, you, as you taught me. Content is king and we are huge content guys over <laughs> here. Um, all right. Now, oh, uh, the league. Now, oh, yes. Now, Timmy started the league. I joined it, so I actually can't see the code. So over to you, King. Beers and break evens, unlimited league. Come and take on Rue and I and the beers and break evens listeners. Code 339640. Big prize announcements to come if you can knock us both off this season. And you can see that code somewhere on the screen. (laughs) I'm going to say here. Correct. Correct. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, 2,800 people in there at the moment Uh, Very exciting It's building very quickly It's going to be I was having a look at some of the prizes For Supercoach for this year I think it will be the second biggest prize You can possibly win in the Supercoach world So uh, you'd be crazy not to be in there Super exciting If we get some mad sponsor come on board this season That just wants to throw everything at us Maybe we can top what Supercoach and News Corp are offering Yeah well I think um, Yeah Maybe we can chuck in an extra forty-five k ourselves. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk to the I'll, I'll talk to the Rook. You do forty-four. I'll do one. Yeah, chalk me. <laughs> um, 
Yes, yeah, so super exciting. Make sure you go join the league. The code again is three three nine six four zero. Up there. All right. Get in there. All right. Let's move to our positional analysis for this week. We'll start at halfback, mate. Yeah. Um, obviously, the two-gun approach is going to be a very, very popular one. I know it's the, what I am looking down the barrel of. Uh, where are you sitting at the moment? Gun, gun at halfback. And we'll do it very shortly, but I said I, I can make a case against Nathan Cleary and I'm not overly tempted to do it, but the reason being is that there's just no one knocking the door down outside of those two to say, you know what, it's worth saving three, four hundred k on one of these stars of the game. So, look, I, I am sitting with a Cleary-Hines combination at the moment, but unless someone can make their case between now and round one, uh, that's what I'm looking at. I'm sitting in the exact same boat. Mm. I just I can't see who else is knocking that door down. I've had suggestions about Sean Johnson – We'll get to him soon. I don't really see it. I just and I'm also, you know, we obviously got to the end of the season last year uh, and have a lot of we had a lot of trades left at the back end. I don't know if I want to spend four and five trades on fucking halfback to start the year when I can get the two absolute guns that I won't that I want that are both goal kickers, both in good sides. I I don't know. I just I feel like people are out thinking it. It a almost bit. seems too obvious, but at the same time. You're also paying over 900k for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, everyone wants to stack fullback, obviously. If you're starting with, say, a Harry Grant or a Dylan Brown at 5'8", which I know you're pretty keen on, it's a lot of money. Like, something's got to give somewhere. And for anyone that is bold enough to take the risk and start without one of them, it is a lot of money you can free up to filter across the rest of your squad. So I can see why people are looking elsewhere. And if you look at ownership, uh, get it up here, they're not... People aren't necessarily flocking. So Cleary's at 41% ownership. Nico's at 33%. So there's enough out there, well, a lot out there who don't own. Yeah, I just – I look at them and I just think – like, and you know what? I'm actually very confident that you'll be able to get these guys for 850 or so after four or five weeks. Yeah, they might not hit their average the first three to five. Historically, neither of them have over the last few years hit their average in the early weeks. Nico obviously didn't play in the first four weeks last year then came out and brained it. But, you know, it's more so about the first four rounds rather than their first four games for me. And if these guys are both fit for the first four weeks, we saw how, how slow Penrith started last year. Uh, I just – I I think you can get them cheaper, but I also just think, fuck, is it worth me spending two or three trades there? I think I'd rather spend them elsewhere and make money somewhere else. I'll go, go straight into the nitty-gritty of it uh, and around starting without – how are they going to start the season? So I've did it, done a bit of a dive into Nathan Cleary and his starts the season in recent years. 2023. So last season he averaged all up, I should say, 89 for the season. Yep. He averaged 90.4 in his first five games last year. He did start with a three-round average of 56.6. Yep. Go back to 2022. Across the first five games he averaged 97.6. He missed the first three rounds that season. Then his first two games back, 34 and 57. Yeah. So obviously the last two years, that suggests those next two rounds, he's gone huge. And then 2021 in the first five rounds, that was the year massive point scoring. He averaged 108 for the year. That year averaged 99 across the first five rounds. So while there's a couple of slow, again, first two to three games the last couple of years, if we're looking at the first five round sample size, actually above the season averages. 
Well, and I think that's where, though, you'd really need to focus on those first few rounds because that's when there is less points being mm. scored. Uh, I, I don't like when we – like the, there was one year there where you said he missed the first three rounds. I, 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 to, to me, those numbers, I don't really give a fuck about mm. those numbers because it's the first well, round one, round two, round three where teams always show up with a defensive attitude. It's lower scores. Um, that's where I think you can get them a little bit cheaper. <laughs> There's every chance you just don't, and then you're fucked. Yeah. Is there an argument then to say if you're saying, all right, like realistically that you might get a bit of a price reduction, whether that's 50 to 100 grand by round three or four, could you go someone like a Mitchell Moses with a gun early jaw that's a lot cheaper, that with a half-decent start could make a bit of money at value as the other one does? Could be a 150, 200K swing very quickly. Yeah, once again, though, my big belief, and I think that, you know, take the Cowboys, for example, last year, I think we overread draw, early draws mm. a little bit too yeah. much. No team is going to show up and not defend well in the first week or two. Yeah, I don't look at the first three rounds and, and go, what, bottom sides from last year, Tigers and Doggies and C teams playing them and going, they're going to have 40 put on them. Yeah. They, the defence will be tight. They'll be up and rearing to go, especially round one. Yeah. It's not... Let's say one of those two sides does finish bottom two again this year. That same team come around 10 or 11 or around 20 or 21 where you're going points are going to flow, first three to five rounds, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and let's take Mitch Moses, for example. I'm sorry, there's not a hope in hell I'm relying on Parramatta to put teams to the sword and Mitch Moses to kill it to get me to clear in Hines. Yeah, well, they've got Penrith in Penrith round two, Para, which regular season, we know they don't lose that, so you can lock in a ton there. Yeah, well, and you know what? That's probably the game where Mitch Moses is most likely <laughs> to fly in because that's Parramatta. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's talk Nico Hines first, mate. 970K. Um, I, I mean, we can talk all the positives in the world about Nico. We know how much of a gun super coach player he is. We know you guys might remember he came back for the first game of last season and scored 180 uh, despite having uh, a potentially career-ending leg injury. <laughs> Can't win them all. That's fine. Uh, hope you get that one, Cat. If you don't, probably for the best, and I'm never going to explain it to you. Uh, but Nico Hines, mate, 970K. If you don't get him now, you're going to want to get him at some point. Uh, I'm sort of just happy to start with Nico. But I do have a counter-argument when you're willing to hear it. But I'll, I'll throw over to you now just to get your thoughts on Nico first. Yeah, look, I think he's been the top-scoring player the last two seasons of Supercoach. Opened up last season with 180, 102, 89, 97, 126, coming back from said career-ending uh, leg injury. <laughs> so, and then to be absolutely uh, hypocritical as to, to what I've just said, Starts the season, does have the Warriors round one, pretty tough on what we saw last year. Bulldogs, Tigers, Raiders. So, again, it's not going to be the same Bulldogs, Tigers, Raiders by mid-season or even round seven or eight, but it is still as good a draw as you could sort of hope for to start the season. Warriors a bit tougher. They do have the buy in round five, whatever, so be it. That's a fair way away. Seriously, the way he started last season, the fact that the reality is he's only playing, well, this is his third season at halfback. He's only going to get better in that position. Matty Moylan leaves, who played a pretty big role in attack for them. No, he wasn't there the back end of last year. Just it's all aligning again for Nico. I um, I think Matty Moylan leaving is very interesting. Mm. I I think it could hinder him. Super coach scoring yep. wise, I mean. I think that people underappreciate the role that Matty Moylan played. I know it's easy to say, Matty Moylan's shitty, fucking doesn't 
do this, doesn't do that, whatever. What Matty Moylan did, though, is allowed Nico Hines to be a very ball-dominant seven. Is there a more ball-dominant seven in the league than him? No. Like, you would have Ben Hunt up there, you'd have DC up there, but not as much as fucking Hines. No way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's where I worry if Trindle's going to be able to play that same role. Because I personally think Trindle's more of a halfback than a 5'8", naturally. And it is a concern, yes. It was like if Matty Moylan could defend, he'd still be in that NRL and he'd be one of the best 5'8s in the game. His attack was sublime for the last few years. His defence fell off a cliff. Hmm. Um, The only counter-argument to that would be that with Trindle there, who is more of an organiser – does he put Nico in position who has an even greater role in attack without Matty Moylan there? Do you see Nico not jumping into first receiver and whatnot? I I, I think it's too much of his natural game. I know. I, my, my worry is that they don't gel that well to start yeah, the yeah. season. That's And look, I'll be starting with Nico. Yeah, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, yeah. If I was to go against Nico Hines, this would be why I would do it. This is my only concern with the Sharkies. I think they will sort it out. And as you said, mate, it does help as much as I don't love to read into draws early. It couldn't get that much better for them, yeah. realistically. Uh, but I just – I think that that combo between Hines and Trindle is going to be very interesting to watch how it gels. It will be. The one thing that gives me sort of a bit of faith towards them getting it right early, I'm still trying to work out what the combination of Hines and Moylan was. They were all over the shot. They were running around like headless chooks. They were such a non-traditional halves combination the way that they played, but they managed to make it work. So it's like they get someone like a Trindle who is a more traditional half coming in. I think he's going to simplify things, but it, it will be a question mark, but it shouldn't. It can't be any more chaotic than with Moylan. Yeah, but, but, but mate, I, I personally don't think it was that chaotic. It was Moisa, can you sit on the left edge? And Nico, you just do fucking everything, mm. which is what I think made him so good in super coach. And that's what I worry that we could lose that a little bit with Nico. And look, am I telling you he's going to average 50 this year? No, he might go from fucking 93 to 89. Like I don't think it'll be a train wreck, but I'm very intrigued to watch how it plays out. And I think everyone's more than happy to – call Moylan shit and crap and whatever. He's a bloody good footballer and he Hell played yeah. an important role for Nico, which I think people are sleeping on. Oh, if he stays fit for the entire season over in the Super League, he should be paying about $1.01 for the men. He will absolutely shit him. He'll kill He'll it over. fly. Super League fantasy teams, lock and loading. Lock and load, Moyes. Um, yeah, so and we often refer Rue in Supercoach to – Blokes that make you feel sick when you watch them. And yep. that is the best sign that you can get that you want this bloke in your team. Nico Hines, probably him and Caelan Ponger are the two, but Nico Hines even more so is just the one that when you do not own, you can't watch Cronulla because yep. he has so many touches, so many major attacking stats. It's awful. Yeah. And, you know, other halfbacks that we'll talk about today that we'll get to, Sean Johnson, DCE, Hughes, Moses, none of them make me feel like that. I mean, here we are, the Warriors having this unbelievable season. Sean Johnson is flying. He's more than 100K cheaper than Nathan Cleary and he's almost 200K cheaper than Nico Hines to start the season. Like, Sean Johnson has to play unbelievable footy to score 100. Nico Hines puts his boots on and he's on 93. (laughs) Like it's 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 apples and oranges for me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. So Nathan Cleary then uh, nine hundred and twelve k. Um, I will be starting with both of them. 
I made a counter-argument for Nico that I don't overly believe in. Can you make a counter-argument for Nath? Yeah, I can. Uh, and it's the draw to start the year. So, for starters, they're going to England for the World Club Challenge. Yep. That is going to take a lot out of them. We saw a World Club Challenge game in 2023 that took a bit out of them and they started the season slow. And that was here. That was here. Hmm. The reality is that they are three-time defending premiers and while they've defied odds year after year after year, you know, you become the hunted from round one the next year. There's often premiership hangovers with, with the best teams in the competition. Penrith are unbelievable. They've managed to defy that. But a fourth time, there's every chance that they start a little bit slower. They have the trip to England. They then go down to Melbourne in round one. That defence is going to be very, very stiff. They then have Parramatta in Penrith, which Parramatta seem to always get up for that during the regular season. They'd have a positive record against Penrith in Penrith, I reckon, regular season in the last two to three years. Broncos in Penrith, Roosters away, Manly at Brookie, and then they have a bye in round six. Very, very tough. They then have the Tigers in Bathurst in round seven, which I don't think they've ever beaten the Tigers in Bathurst, at least not in the last 12 months. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so um, they, they then go to the Cowboys away up in Townsville. So it is a very difficult draw. So you look at the trip to England – the draw to start the season, if there's any premiership uh, hangover coming back off last year, I can see why you would go against Nathan Cleary. And if I was weighing up going against either Nico or Cleary, it'd be Cleary. Yep, fair. I, I will say this about Nathan. I think it's worth noting that for the first time in four years, he's just had an entire off-season. Yeah. Off. He's coming in fresher than he has last year. As you guys remember, he pulled out of the Kangaroos, uh, obviously, after that grand final with an injury and whatnot. Um, he's been whining and dining all around the world with his missus, enjoying yeah, himself. Tough life. Um, but, yeah, there's no denying the draw. Uh, Melbourne round one, that's always going to be tough. Despite Melbourne not really firing a shot against him last year, you know round one, Belly A is going to have yeah. them up. Um, shout out to my best man, who you remember from my wedding. He actually – I think he actually jinxed the Melbourne Storm. He said um, – he said something about me and my wife. We could get through anything. He said, it could be Melbourne Storm round one and I'd back you in. From that moment, I remember sitting there at my wedding thinking, ooh, I don't know who they play round one, but I bet they fucking lose after he's jinxed them. Yeah, it was, it was, good. Round one. It was good to get a bait to your wedding. I was actually working with the catering team, so I got um, <laughs> full full funds. We saw everything. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're in the back, back corner. Yeah, you, you're, deep. you're almost in the next suburb. Serving baby sausage rolls. Yeah. Closer to the action than me. Well, yeah, yeah, I was closer than the rook. Can't win them all. <laughs> can't win them all. Uh, but Melbourne week one, Parramatta week two. Brisbane, um, the one thing I do like about that Brisbane matchup, Nathan Cleary plays most on that right side. That'll be up against that Brisbane edge with um, Cobbo. Cobbo. Um, we don't know. Who Ezra. Win, yeah. And I think Pierre Cura. So a yeah. little bit appealing there. Jerome Luai racing the clock to be back for round one. Mm. Uh, if Jerome Luai's out, I'd probably like that more for Nath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, mate. Definitely, when you, I think when you just eye test it, despite the negatives I pointed out for Nico Hines, I think the bigger worry is Nath Cleary. He's no stranger to starting slow as well. Yeah, World Club Challenge. There is a lot to take in there. The one, the other thing is, we saw the back end of last season. I reckon ballpark about two, three rounds out from the end of the season. He start might have even been finals, close to the finals, where he started. You know, all great teams have to change their plan. Yep. You can't throw the same out season after season and expect to win a comp. And Cleary started after being very right side dominant where he obviously plays, started sweeping to the left. 
and he would link up with Luai sweeping out the back on the left. Basically similar to what Nico Hines does at the Shark. He plays both sides. I don't know if that was a temporary plan just for finals and to change things up and and throw new things at defensive, opposition defences. But if that becomes the norm, which there's every chance it does, holy heck, he could average 100 plus easy. And keep in mind that, you know, maybe the Penrith Panthers, they start to do that more simply getting ready for 25 where Jerome's not going to be there. Mm. There probably will be a young guy there or a less experienced guy. So you are going to have to ask Nath to do a lot. Shit. Um, That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. So, yeah. (laughs) Once again, you know, if you want to go to Sean Johnson, we'll talk about him soon instead of Nath Cleary. My question is, yeah, okay, you'll save 130K. Where are you going to spend 130K that's going to be more beneficial than than having – Cleary over Johnson mm. is my – that's my biggest concern. Yeah. Should we get into – if you are going to antipod – or if you are going to leave one of these guys out, you're going to go in a different direction. Will we start to run down this list? Let's do it. SJ, 793K, <laughs> coming off a career high last year. He was unbelievable, crazy season. He couldn't have done much better than what he did last year, SJ. I didn't have him at all last season. Timmy mentioned before those guys that they make you sick in your stomach when you don't have them. Uh, I never had SJ and honestly, it never really worried me. What are your thoughts? I think you hit the nail on the head when you just said he almost couldn't have had a better year, yeah. Johnson. Like, especially talking regular season, the Warriors were outstanding all year and he averaged 78. Yep. Again... A bloke who we know can find an injury. He's had back-to-back games of 23 games last season, 21 in 2022. But there is an injury risk there for a bloke you're paying up for. Now, not say other players can't get injured, of course, but it is a real threat. I just – I think you made the argument. Can SJ get much better than that supercoach-wise? He's a bloke I would prefer to look at around the origin period when we lose Nathan Cleary, you know, we might lose a Nico Hines. When opposition defences soften up later in the season, that's when the Warriors and particularly SJ can just tear them apart <clears throat> and score these big tons. I just don't see it happening early on. Mate, you even have a look at his last eight <clears throat> games last season. He had two big scores, 135, 149. Um, every score under that in his last eight weeks was below his season average. I just – he has just got such potential to go so low. I I can't – I can't do it. Mm. Yeah. No, not for me. Uh, let's have a look at the next man on the list. We have got Daly Cherry Evans, 782K. Um, point out the really obvious here, DCE, a little bit overpriced at a massive finish to last season. Uh, I think we brought him in for the last few rounds. Yep. It was a great little play. Killed it. Um I, you know, he's obviously got strike weapons out there. Olakuato, it sounds like Ruben Garrick will be right centre, mate. Yep. Yep. Uh, so loses Cola, gains Garrick, whatever. Um, DCE, just not for me. Going to Vegas, uh, he just doesn't have the high enough ceiling. I know round one last year he scored a hat-trick and whatever, which was very impressive, but I don't know what Manly's going to look like with, you know, do, is he maybe not as ball dominant with Luke Brooks coming back into this side? I, 
you know, with Turbo playing, does he take points off him? There's just so many red flags around DC. I haven't even considered him, to be completely honest with yeah, you. Yeah, me either. Well, what, around one hat-trick last year for 119 points against the Doggies. Average 77 last year, brilliant. 79 back in 2021, which is where Manly, Manly went on that just absolute tear under the newer rules. <clears throat> Outside of that, 66 in 2022, 64 in 2020, 62 in 2019. He would need to be goal kicking for me to even consider him. <laughs> I was about to say, like, because he doesn't goal kick, some of these boys could beat him in goal kicking on any given week. So, if anything happens to Garrick and he goal kicks, it'll change the conversation around him because he does become a play. But nah, God, he's got a rank goal kicking style. Yeah, it, it works for DCE yeah. his kicking game, but it is the weirdest kicking style. It's like he's just slingshots it's his ugly. leg with momentum around his body. But it works for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm not not doubting that. It's broken my heart as a New South Welshman on many <laughs> occasions. Uh, after DCE, we have got Jerome Hughes. Starts with Penrith, round one. Um, mate, I was thinking about the other day. It's been a bit of a mixed bag the last 18 months or so for Jerome Hughes. Mm. Like It wasn't that long ago that I was sitting here going, he might be the second best halfback in the game. Um, been a little bit up and down the last year or two. I don't quite know what to expect from the Melbourne Storm um, with Harry Grant, Munster, Pappy back. A lot of guys scoring points in that in that team. He's a, he's a guy that I've always loved as a pot over the last few years. At one point, I'm probably cooling on Husey a little bit. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, again, he's another one who could figure certainly around the Origin period, but starts the year seven twenty two k. The Melbourne Storm's draw, mate, very difficult to start the year. They have the Panthers, that's in Melbourne. They have the Warriors, the Knights away. They have a round four bye into the Broncos. So, And then even there, from their Bulldogs, Roosters, Rabbitohs, really, really tough start of the season. Hughes averaged 69 plus the last three seasons. 25 in base isn't great, although not terrible for a halfback. He doesn't goal kick. Then the, the biggest factor in terms of that, Anyone looking to start, Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, Sean Bloor is a genuine option as a mid-range 2RF. There's a lot of storm potential. With that early tough draw, if Melbourne starts slow, with that early buy, you know, you can't. I can't see how you can really add Jerome Hughes to that unless you're going against Grant and Pappy and, like, you don't yeah. want any more than probably two of them. Yeah, completely agree. <clears throat> Mitchie Moses, uh, one that a lot of people have been interested in, 695K, Mitch Moses. Uh, obviously, goal kicker, little plus there. If you think Parramatta are in for a resurgence, <clears throat> I can understand the appeal, but I – Mitch Moses, he's just super coach wise. He's just always felt like a little bit of a roller coaster to me that I don't want to ride. Yeah, I thought he'd somewhat shed that roller coaster tag, but the last two seasons there's been plenty of low scores still and some really yeah. low ones. I actually don't mind him as a buy. I think Parramatta at least start the season well. Great draw as well. They've got the doggies, Panthers away, obviously a tough one. Manly, Tigers, Raiders. Cowboys, Dolphins, so I do like that. Just such good attacking upside. I think he's coming into the prime of his career, Mitchie Moses. 695K, so he starts at a half-right price. Goal kicking, massive bonus, of course. I don't mind him, but look, if I was going against Cleary or Hines, I'd be very interested in him, but just the price looks good. I think that's a very good point to just uh, highlight again that, you know, 
the, these guys, they're all good super coach players. They've all got big scores in them. But when you're comparing them to your Nico Hines and your Nathan Cleary's, it's just a different world. Rook, can I ask you, mm. um, who the, who's your halfbacks that you've got at the moment? Have you got your super coach side up there? Yeah. So I have the Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary pairing at yeah. the moment. But I am tempted by... Um, looking at the likes of Mitchell Moses for the first couple of weeks and then doing one of those trade-ins with um, with Cleary. Just from a value perspective, I don't know, like you kind of sold me on that strategy mm. a little bit. Mm. And uh, obviously I have a, a past that we don't talk about where yes. I use that other fantasy app. A very dark past. Dark past. <laughs> but uh, I used to do a bit of that as well. And DC mm. was another pod for me um, mm. in, in quite a few seasons. So... I feel like he's a bit of a smoky sometimes too. When he's on a run, there's a lot of points there. Timmy, question for you. Mm. I'm going to set an overs-unders for the Rook on how many trades she has left with four weeks to go. My overs is going to be 3.5. What do you reckon? I'm going unders. Unders? I reckon she will burn through them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What, something you hoarder. need to know about me. Hoarder. No, I am a hoarder. I have been told by friends, you know that you can't carry these to the next season <laughs> because I have really? that many trades left. By finals in the other game that we don't speak of, mm. I, I went into finals with 10 trades left, which I think was pretty solid. That's guru areas. Yeah. yeah. Rook will fit in well. That's a, an early tick of approval because we're – by comparison to a lot of other super coaches, we're, we're somewhat hoarders. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're big horticulturalists. Yeah. We'll be having plenty <laughs> of the back end, don't worry. It's a, there's definitely some luck involved as well in those early mm. – that earlier part of the season because you do see those early injuries and stuff. You're kind of forced into trading. The year that my, – my original rookie year, I actually won it and it was because Oof. I had that many trades left. I was just able to basically create a whole new team by the end of it. That was a Tim Smith year. Debut season, mm. 40 tries. Thanks for coming. What the hell? Wow. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It, it, it actually upsets me. <laughs> Genuinely upsets me. So tough. All right, let's move to our next man, Adam Reynolds of Wrestling in a Park fame. <laughs> uh, 665K. Uh, loser selling Cobo from that edge. I wouldn't be interested anyway, but I, I'm not even – I don't know what to say. Go. Yeah, look. Pat Carrigan could knock him out at any minute, so it's not a risk I'm willing to take. Let's move on. Sammy Walker, a little bit more interesting. I wish he wasn't going to Vegas round one, uh, but I I feel like, Timmy, we're going to have a couple of conversations about Sam Walker throughout this season at different points. I feel like he's going to – I reckon we talk about him a lot, but we probably never own him, but I reckon he's going to interest us quite a bit. Speak for yourself, 610K. He's just such a smaller body. Yeah. He got dropped last year and he came back in and his defence was unreal, like by his standards, of course. <clears throat> and I just think he's going to get a little bit bigger. The experience is going to start to show. Uh, and I'm, I'm expecting a big year from Sammy Walker. He has a great team around him. We know that. They were pretty poor last year, the Roosters, up until that back end of the season. He'll have taken a lot of confidence from the finals campaign and all that. Yeah, I look, I'm not... Starting with him again, it's a relatively tough draw to start the season, but he's a really good price. And if again, if I was going against the guns, I'd be looking at Sammy Walker. 
Uh, only played the eight games last season, obviously started the season, then got injured, dropped, whatever the hell you want to call it, eventually came back. Uh, from those eight <coughs> games, though, one, two, three, four, five of them over 60. Um, he has got low scores in him, but, I mean, that was when the Roosters were struggling. If they're high-flying, and we know that when they're flying like finals last year, Sammy Walker has handed the keys and he's driving the car. Goal-kicking, speaking of ugly goal-kicking uh, approaches, Sam Walker, not yeah. the prettiest. Speaking of making it work for him, he got it sorted yep. at the back end of last year and was hitting him really well. The start of the year, it was always working against him because he couldn't hit one over. Yeah, But he did work it out, which if he's got that sorted, you'd hope starting this season. If the Roosters do fire like a lot of are anticipating like we do with them every year and they start slow, could be a big one. I'll tell you what, if he does start slow next year like the Roosters do and all of a sudden he's into that 500k range, low fives, <laughs> and they start to hit form, he'll become appealing yeah. very, yeah. very quickly. One to keep an eye on there, the great Sammy Walker. Um, ben Hunt, Toby Sexton, Matt Burton, no bueno on any of those. Luke Brooks. Dual position, I think he's in for a great NRL season. I think he's going to kill it. But you're not paying 300K. You're paying 560K. I think he's going to do well, but he's still not going to be the dominant ball player in that team. Uh, not for me. What do you reckon? It's a team with Daly Cherry Evans and Tom Trebojevic. Yeah. Where's the attack going to go? It's not going to be through Luke Brooks. <clears throat> I just – I can't – I mean, if you're going to do it, firstly – at a bit 5'8", because it's a more troublesome position because he's yep. dual half 5'8". I just need to see it first. Yep. And I can see where he comes out and potentially goes really well and maybe becomes a super coach prospect, but I need to see this unfold first. couple of guys here that I think just don't have the upside, so we'll just read their names. Keary, Fogarty, Hastings, Boyd, Cogger, O'Sullivan. Um, probably the pick of the bunch of all those if I had to pick one of them. Fogarty because he's the only dude down there, but there's still it's going to have to be a cold day in hell when I'm picking Jamal Fogarty to start round one. Yeah, hard pass on all of those blokes. The next one on the list has some merit. <laughs> it's interesting. He's I I hadn't given him much thought, and I got a few messages a few weeks ago about him, and thought, oh, okay, I can see it. Braden Trindle, four hundred and thirty nine k dual position. You would be picking him at five eight, obviously. Yep. Uh, if there's some sort of bizarro world where he ends up with the goal kicking, don't think there will be, but mm. fuck, imagine if that happened. Chaos. Imagine if anything happened to Nico and Trindle becomes your dominant goal kicking halfback. He's in for me. I mean, yeah. we're talking hypotheticals here because yep. Nico isn't injured, but <clears throat> he's priced on a 43-point average from 68 minutes per game. He finished last year with a five-round average of... 57 points, priced on 43. So I think he's definitely a value proposition to start the season. I think when you have a look at Nico Hines as well, and I'm, I'm trying to get some stats up here now, uh, goal kicks at about 76%. Uh, not the greatest goal kicker in the world. So I think that if he was to give an opportunity to Braden Trindle to come in and he hit him well for a couple of weeks, which we know Trindle can do, um, there could be a world where he could potentially lose that goal kicking Nico Hines. Obviously, big hypotheticals yeah. here, guys. We're deep into halfback, as you can tell. Jamo yeah. Fogarty just got a bait. Um, let's keep going <laughs> down the list. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Lockie Elias, he just missed the cut in the Rooks team. Bud Sullivan, dual position. We'll talk about him at 5'8". Uh, Chad Townsend, Jake Clifford. Okay, let's talk about Drew Hutcho. Now, He's halfback CTW. If you were going to pick him, it would obviously be at CTW. Uh, we spoke about him last week, mate, as being a bit of a potential as a CTW. Since then, his stocks have shot through the roof for me. We sort of had him <coughs> as our little smoky to play halfback for Canterbury. Mm. Name to start there in the trial was Sexton on the bench. I know it's only trials and there's different ways to read into everything. Halfback in a team like that, that sort of says to me he's the front runner. Yeah, there was... The Doggies named a pretty strong team. Yeah. So, you know, partnered with Matt Burton, says it all. They want to get some time between these two. So I would say that while <clears throat> he's a long way from being locked into round one, he's probably the front runner confirmed. Yeah. So, look, dual CT dub, halfback, I know it's only one game and, and it's definitely an outlier. But round 24 last year, starting halfback, Roosters, he scored 130 points. Yep. More impressive, he had 50 in base. His base is off its head, eh? Para, round 25, scored 48 points, 44 of that in base as well. So, Drewy Hutchinson, at what, 350K, 354K, if he's starting round one halfback, I will find it very hard not to pick him in my CT dub. And, look, I'll probably look to play him as well. Yep. Completely fair. Now, there's a couple of dual positions we'll talk about when we get to 5'8". A couple of guys I want to ask you about, Timmy. If you are looking for a cheapy and halfback, if Chanel Harris-Tavita happens to land at 5'8 for the New Zealand Warriors, only available at halfback, means he probably will get dual, to be fair. 238K. I've always really liked CHT. I think he's got pretty good base as well. Very good footballer. He's one that could be interesting. Um, Jamie Humphrey's only available at halfback at the moment. You would assume he will get dual position. Chanel Harris-Tavita, probably the only one that tickles my fancy at all there and he's not really got me tickling all that much. Yeah, just going through his scores to start 2022 as a starting 5'8". 41, 35, 29, 53, 25, 31. So no, not really there. And uh, we'll get to Tamari Martin when we get to 5'8", but he's another one that's worth potentially a little bit of a look uh, depending on who gets the spot. Yeah, shout out to Chanel Harris, to Vita. Uh, I'll take you back to, I think it was 20, <coughs> oh, 2020. Yeah, I think it was 2020. I'm playing my Supercoach draft grand final. I'm going to shit in. I'm home. going to win by heaps. Feet are up, enjoying myself. The guy I'm playing, Phil, shout out to him and fuck you, uh, brings in Chanel Harris to Vita on the Sunday afternoon. And I think from memory he scored 119 and I lost my Supercoach draft. 
grand finals. Shit. So always been a huge Chanel Harris Tavita fan until that day uh, when he probably would have been he probably would have offended me less if he pushed my mother down a flight of stairs because that broke my fucking heart that day. Destroyed by CHT. Yeah, it was oh. a real stinger. That hurts. Mate. Real stinger. Yep. Can we talk hurt. about how good that trade in was? Yeah, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. That sounds like a great <laughs> fucking idea, Cat. Um, good from Phil. Catofseek.com very, very <laughs> soon. Um, okay, let's move to five eights. Before we do, though, mate, Blue Wealth Property back on board for 2024. We actually went out there and did a little speaking engagement the other mm. day. Didn't do, didn't do too bad, the kids. Did all right, I thought. Yeah, I thought, I thought we did well. Easy job interviewed by the great Mort. Mort, yep. He Dog, did a sensational job as well. Dog is immortality. It was good fun, mate. Heading out to uh, Blue Wealth headquarters out at Olympic Park. The HQ, looking good out there. It was great. And, uh, mate, Blue Wealth property, they've got a couple of events coming up over the next few weeks. Wealth through property live from Sydney Olympic Park. And you can also <coughs> join via... Webinar. Webinar. Brace yourself. Strap in, kid. Uh, so that one's uh, at the Blue Zone, which is the Blue Wealth Property Head Office, Sydney Olympic Park, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. That's the 27th of February. Wealth Through Property. There is a link uh, in the bio, the description, whatever it might be. It'll be there. And then Rent Vesting. Mm. Special event. Same location, 6th of March, uh, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. So Blue Wealth Property Really starting to get into their work again, mate. They are, mate, and we, we don't need Tony here to tell you what rent vesting is because I know all about it. I would love to go and live in the beautiful land of Wollongong at some point, but mm. properties through the roof. So what you do is if you're looking to get into the property market, you rent where you want to live and then you buy where it's smart to invest, whether that be the Sunshine Coast, whether that be in Perth. So you've got this worked out. Can, can you write that down, please, Kat? I need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I writing all of these down. Um <laughs> That was very impressive by you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, just as a bloke who understands that he's probably never ever going to own a property in Sydney and or Wollongong, rent investing really appealed to me. So there you go, mate. Mate, I wish your knowledge of Supercoach was that good. That'll yeah. be unreal for us. So, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Blue World Property guys, uh, they're back on for 2024. It's unreal to have them uh, as part of the team once again. Uh, as I said, the link is in the description. It's in the bio. I think Tony and Mort or Mort or Tony alone, one of those combo deals, uh, will be out here over the next few weeks for a uh, pretty special episode. It's going to be very, a very exciting one, mate. One of those two, uh, a more notorious dribbler than the other one. So we'll see who turns up. Yeah, you can work that out for yourself. <laughs> one of you is Andrew Johns and one of you is, uh, what's his name? The 5'8". Cooper? No, the, it was the 5'8 from uh, Newcastle when they won the comp. This is going to really annoy me. Cat, 2001, Newcastle Knights, uh, grand final team, Andrew Johns and Sean Rudder, Sean Rudder was, was his name. Okay. So one of you is Sean Rudder, one of you is Joey. I'll let you work out. Who's who? One of my favourite quotes ever from Joey uh, when he was he was at like a, lunch, a sportsman's lunch one day and they were asking him about you know something amazing he did and he, Joey pretty much said, "Mate, I want a premiership with Sean Rudder at five <laughs> I can do anything." <laughs> what a roast! Yeah, one of the fucking biggest roasts of all time. Uh, but yes, Blue Property back on board. Link in bio. I've said it four or five times. You've probably clicked on it four or five times by now. Go out to Wealth Through <laughs> Property or Rent Vesting. Uh, very exciting times. Some big Blue Wealth Property announcements coming over the next few weeks. Where'd you say that link was, mate? It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad for me. I'll put it in the description for put everyone. Put it in the description. Good. It's still there, I reckon. Okay. 
Five eights. Mm. D bags. Dill Brown. My favorite by far and away. I have described him as a slam dunk pick. I think he's one of the few guys that I have selected and I have not moved him. I haven't considered moving him. Um, I don't know where you're sitting, but if you would like to convince me out of having him, I'm all ears. Maybe a devil's advocate play. Yeah, well, I don't own him, so it won't be hard. Um, you just the, don't get super coach. The, the, the draw to start the season for Para, I mentioned it before with Mitchie Moses, but it's terrific. Most expensive 5'8", 780K. <clears throat> Look, he's hard to knock because he's so consistent. I don't probably think that he's got the ceiling of a lot of other players in the halves <clears throat> because Clint Gutherson's an attacking weapon. Mitch Moses is an attacking weapon. So there's a lot of attack to go around through other key figures in that spine. But at the same time, while he might not have the ceiling of those guys, he's at more consistent than any 5'8 in the game, give mm-hmm. or take, maybe Cameron Munster. So last two seasons he's averaged 76 and 74. He scored 32 in round one last year against Melbourne. After that, didn't have a score below 47 in 16 games. 37 in base, elite for a 5'8". No goal kicking, hasn't worried him in the past, but it is a factor. It yep. obviously doesn't help. The thing for me and why I don't own is because going two guns at halfback, two guns at fullback, currently have Harry Grant in my team, so the top prize hooker, all of a sudden funds become a massive issue. Yep. So I'm looking to save some money at 5'8". That's just how I'm structuring my team. I don't really have a major knock on Dylan Brown. Yeah. I just he doesn't fit into my team structure as it stands. That could change. Yeah, and that's completely fair. You can't <laughs> fit them all in at the end of the day. Everyone has to make sacrifices somewhere. Uh, Dill Brown for me, as Timmy just said, he had two scores under fifty last year. One was against Melbourne. One was in round one. The other was against Penrith in round four. Uh, outside of that, I think he's. I think seventy percent of his scores are over sixty. <clears throat> it's just insane. Considering he doesn't goal kick. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Crazy. So. We'll get to Jaden Campbell later, but he's a genuine risk of missing the opening rounds of the season. Yeah. In which case, I'm going to have to completely reshape how my 5'8 position looks, which is where Dilbram will come on the radar. I'm happy to go against him and go for value at 5'8, but there are a lot of solid options elsewhere, but no standouts. I am also very high on Sean Lane for this season, so that plays into it as well. I think I'm more of a sort of combinations guy than what you are you're traditionally. A for a combination. I love a combination. Yeah, yeah I will. Yeah, because your your logic is. I actually saw a question on on the playbook potty. Didn't didn't get a bait, but yeah. and it was talking about it being a very like draft and and I think American like NFL draft concept of stacking up with these combinations and whatnot. So for NRL Supercoach, like you look at it as, all right, Brown goes big, Sean Lane goes big. They go big together. I look at it as what if Paris starts shit and both of them go low and it's double the trouble. So it could go either way, can't it? Cat, all I heard was I'm a fucking coward. That was all <laughs> I heard from that entire thing there. This bloke. That was all I took from that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the combo. If, if I'm going to back guys in, I'm going to back them to do well, though. Mm. And I think both of them are in for good seasons. So as a combination, I love to pair them up. I'd love to get them in draft. I don't think I will, realistically. It's been a little bit tough. But, uh, 
Yeah, two different ways to look at that combination approach. I always look at it from the positive approach. Oh, well, if you go on your combinations, why don't you throw Bailey Simonson in his left left <laughs> centre as well, hero? Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was sort of my thinking last year, um, you know, getting late DCE, Cola, I thought they'd produce points. Don't know why I didn't go Olukawatu in hindsight. <laughs> probably should have done that. Probably, but probably a lack of trades, I'm going to say. Fine not for me. <laughs> I finished with 900K in the bank. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. Four trades. <laughs> Why are you playing like you get to keep the money? Yeah, boring. Well, I didn't really. Yeah, I hate winning. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, I sort of got to the back end and I, I wanted Cola, who was a lot cheaper than everyone else. Um, he did okay for me. I think mm. he averaged 400 in the last two weeks. So, <laughs> uh, you know, can't win them all. Good to win a few more though, right, Timmy? No, oh, I do all right, mate. Hey, you by know the way, what? Kat, can was... you put on the to-do list this week? We're going to get this trophy engraved. Do you know too, what? Yeah? You just read my mind. I was going to say, Timmy, you know what uh, Guru said to me this morning? He's like, we've got to get this trophy engraved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 23 yeah. and 24. We need a um, new stallion as well. What's that? We need a new stallion. By the way, the stallions, <laughs> the logo's in. <clears throat> yeah, the good. logo's I in. I love it. Yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? It looks very good. Give me uh, London Bronco vibes. Yeah. Hopefully we don't go as bad as the London Hopefully Broncos. Hopefully not. No, I'd love to see you get relegated. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, all right, Dylan Brown. I'm two feet in. You're you've probably got a shoelace I, I, in at the moment, yeah, but I, I, I think you'll get closer. Yeah, I've got a shoelace in because this Jaden Campbell situation isn't looking overly no, promising. It's not. Um, Cameron Munster, seven hundred and twenty-eight k. Look, there's every chance that Cameron Munster goes down to about seven hundred and twenty-four k, and every chance he goes up to about seven thirty-two k. Arguably the most consistent guy to ever exist in Supercoach. He will finish with a seventy average this year, and I think he'll be a little bit frustrating as per usual. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we know notoriously that you've never aided him as a supercoach player or a rugby league player, just in general. Always Harsh. potted Cam Munster. I mean, he's not in my team, but for the best actual 5'8 in rugby league, I know it doesn't always translate to supercoach, but I'm, I am surprised he's only at seven in 7% of teams. So has an average below 69 in five years. He's missed a consistency, averaged 71 last season, 81 the year before. So potentially playing with a few injuries last year, he always seems to be carrying some sort of niggle, but dropped 10 from the year before. So on that, you could argue potentially undervalued to start the season. Started last season with a six-round average of 78 points per game, 32 in base, elite for a 5'8", along with Dill Brown. You know, doesn't probably have the huge scores. He's a lot of similarities to Dill Brown, isn't Plays in a team yep. where... Pappenhausen, Grant, Hughes, so many attacking weapons. So it probably limits his ceiling a bit, but super consistent. The tough draw, the early buy. Look, I said, I don't have him, but he's pretty freaking hard to knock. Yeah, he's hard to knock. I just don't think he uh, – I, I just find him frustrating because mm. he should average 100 every season. Yeah. And he just doesn't. He, you know, he'll always get around that 70 mark. We always know that – when Melbourne Storm win by 50, he'll probably score 30. When they win by two, he'll probably score 130. Um, I was thinking the other day, I wonder how Cam Munster would go if he wasn't playing for the Melbourne Storm. Like if he signed with the Tigers and every single game was must win, I've got to yeah. fucking do something or we lose. He could have fucking skyrocket. Yeah, like even, not to say there aren't other attacking weapons at the Sharks, but imagine if he was in Nico's position and just being the guy in the spine there where all the attack comes off. He yeah. could average 100 plus. Cody Walker uh, got an injury at the moment, racing the clock for Las Vegas. Uh, 705K, 
I I wonder with Latrell fit with Jack in this side, if maybe Cody gets a little bit of a regression. Uh, but I sort of said this at the start of last season and he killed it last mm. year for the first half anyway. Just a little bit too much mystery around Cody, especially coming in with an injury to start this season. What do you reckon? I'm very glad there's a niggling injury because yep. it's just keeping me away from even looking at him because we both know I love Cody Walker and that I'd be tempted, especially at a, at a reasonable price at 705, a bit of a discount on the other blokes we've mentioned, of course. Pretty tough draw for the Bunnies to start the season. You add in Vegas, but yeah, with that niggling, I think it's a calf injury, just too much of a risk. I want to give a special shout-out to the next man on the list. The year is 2024, and we're reading out the top four five-eights in Supercoach price-wise. Dylan Brown, Cameron Munster, Cody Walker, and Cody Nicarima. How fucking good. I know. I love Miss Cody. me, but how good. Especially being 63 kilos, running him wet, and killing it in the NRL. <laughs> what a man. Considering five-eight might be his third best position. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Um Shout out to Cody Nicarima, great to be there, but no bueno. May not even make the starting 17. Yeah. I think it'd be 14, but... Um, Probably. Yeah. Next guy's a little bit more interesting. Tommy Dean, 5'8", 592K, the co-captain of the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, um, I just I want to see it from the Cowboys before I take this plunge. I've, I, a few people seem to be keen on him. And I get it. You know, from memory, he's got pretty good base stats. Uh, he's obviously you know becoming the main guy out there. Uh, but I want to see it first. I can see why people are interested. Just been given the captaincy, another one, getting better with every game that he plays in the NRL. Averaged 58 last season, yeah, 592K. Great draw to start the year for the Cowboys, really good one. Remember we had that hectic period middle of last year through that origin period. He went 118 against Penrith. They would have had no one in that game. 95 against Bunnies, 179 against the Cowboys. And everyone just like... Must have, must have. He then, after Origin, went 54, 57, 38, 41, 28, 68, 13. Yeah. Base is 26, so okay. No, I thought it was higher than that. Yeah, okay. look, we could easily be having a conversation in round four or five, potentially early going, did and was the one, and he lifts, but... We, I don't think we've seen enough yet to suggest. If we are sitting here in round five or six saying he was the one, I'm happy to go. Credit to you that those that did it, well done. Well done. Yeah. Pat on the back too. Yeah, yeah not for me. Um, okay, next man on the list, Jerome Luai, racing the clock to be fit for round one, I'm hearing. Looks like he's going to miss the World Club Challenge. Uh, he's Jerome's just not really a super coach player. No. At the moment. Pass. When he gets to the Tigers, might be an interesting yeah, conversation. But as the man. right now, no thank you. Matty Burton, um, I might throw to you here. Not for me. Not for me. I've seen a lot of interest from him, but there are so many question marks around the Bulldogs. He's going – there's likely he's going to have a new halves partner. Volatile in his scoring, potentially doesn't kick goals with Stephen Crichton there. I think he probably does but not confirmed. You said you want to see something from the Cowboys. I want to see something from the Bulldogs. Yeah. Luke Brooks, Luke Keary, two guys there, dual position. If you were going to get them, you'd look at them at 5'8". We already spoke about Brooksy, Keary's a no bueno. The next guy, Ezra Mann, 532K. Um, was I talking to you about Ezra Mann the other day? Yeah. You're kind of interested, aren't you? Uh, or you, you piqued your interest I, 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 a little I, bit? It piqued my interest, yeah, okay. say that. Yeah. I don't like it. Why has it piqued your interest? 
just because he's a damn good footballer. So mm. what? Average only fifty two last year, fifty five the season before. I look at, you know, I think I mentioned on the first podcast of the year. I'm trying to back both gut feel, but more so than gut feel, just talent in the game, particularly young talent that are only getting better and better. Ezra Mim is that. He's a star. He has a game that can be conducive to Supercoach scoring. You know, he's a big runner of the ball. His support plays great. So he gets a lot of line breaks, tries, tries assist just off the back of his support play. Easy stats. He starts cheap. 5'8 is a tough position this year. As I said, there aren't a lot of standouts for me. So he's the value player that can save a lot of money on someone like Dylan Brown that most people are going for. I just – I'm so aware that there's recency bias in this with the NRL Grand Final. Scoring a hat-trick against Penrith, people are going to be looking at that going, bloke's a freak, got to get him in. But the numbers last year, like there were no tons because it's all through Reese Walsh. Adam Reynolds gets a lot of ball. He had a top score last year of 82, which is fine. And his scoring was relatively consistent, but he also scored a shit ton of tries. Mate, he scored 17 tries last year yeah. Um, yeah. to never – not only score a ton, to never score a 90. Yeah. He didn't yeah. score an 85. So, yeah, look, and then you add in Vegas. You add in a tough draw for Brisbane. I'm not I'm not keen on him. I don't want to start with him. But, again, he's a bloke that we could easily be having a conversation about come around six or seven. Yeah, a hard pass from me, and I, I don't think we will be having conversations about him. I'm trying to make a case for someone that's not Dylan Brown. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dane Laurie, Adam Dewey, Tyson Gamble, Lukey Metcalf, Kieran Foran, Phoenix Crossland slash Tim Williams. All right, let's rip the Band-Aid off. 456K, Jaden Campbell. I'll be honest with you, Timmy, my gut says no. I don't know why, but my gut says no. Convince me otherwise. Uh, okay. <laughs> so... Three games, 80 minute last year at fullback, 52 point average. Yep. Okay, that's solid. Let's just get a few things up here. So last year he averaged, he's priced on a 45 point average from 57 minutes of game time. In He averaged 57.75 in eight games after missing the first three quarters of 2022. In his final five games of that season, once fully fit, he averaged 70 points per game. In his 80-minute games back in 2021, granted it was only a handful, he averaged 59 points per game. So I just think at the price, at a discounted rate, dual 5'8 fullback, Titans have a terrific draw to start the season. I like it. I, I really do think that there's going to be highs and lows. Mm. I think if you get him and you own him for 10 rounds, well, look, I wouldn't want to own him for 10 rounds. I'd want to own him hopefully for six or seven before I'd turn him into, say, Dylan Brown as soon as possible. In those first, let's say, six rounds, you might have three 30s. I'm hoping you have three 90s or 100s to go with it, which might level out to a, hopefully a nice 55 to 60 average for the start of the season. So it'll be up and down. But, yeah, I'm keen on him. Obviously, there's the injury concern, though. Yeah. Does he even make round one? If we go into round one and it, we're sight unseen on, on his fitness and how he's going – I guess you just take – you put the trust in the club. You go, if he misses the trials and plays round one, they've got so many great fullback and halves options there that they can tinker around with. They're not going to risk him. So yeah. I like him. Why don't you? 
Um, I, well, to be honest, the injury is a big thing for me. Raw numbers, uh, it is appealing. I just, I don't know. I just, as I said, I just have a gut feel mm. that it's not going to quite work out. I actually don't have. I fuck all to back that up. Yeah. So I just have a gut feel. Um, like most of your chat, mate. Like most of my chat. Yes. Yeah. That's completely fair. But yeah, the numbers, there are no, there is no denying that. Um, I just, yeah, the injury concern is a big worry for me. Yeah. And again, another. You're going to buy round two? Uh, round, I was going to say round four, but I feel like I've said that every team in the NRL has a buy round four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they've got to buy reasonably early in round the two, season. Yeah. Round two. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> what can't he I, do? I opened the season, Dragons into a bye, Bulldogs, Dolphins, Cowboys, Raiders, Manly. It's a great draw. It's pretty delicious. Again, even like I said before, I don't want to sound hypocritical, draw means less early on, but still means something. He's not coming out and playing Melbourne in Melbourne, Penrith in Penrith, Brisbane in Brisbane. Like, it's a good draw. Bending my rubber yeah. arm. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Phoenix Crossland, Jaden Campbell, Braden Trindle. We spoke about him. Dill Walker, 14, not appealing. Taltale Moan, unlikely. Uh, Bud Sullivan. Mate, these Tigers halves. Uh, got the bye round one uh, with all this chat from Benji about Lockie Galvin and whatnot. I just – I don't think I could go any of them for round one. I think it's wait and see. If one of them brains it and we get to the end of round four and there's money to be made, then I'll make a move. But fuck, I think you're brave starting with one of these Tigers halves. Yeah, they've got so many genuine options that could be there yeah. come round two when they play their first game. The beauty of the, as annoying as the round one buy is, beauty of it is that there won't be a price change until round four. We yeah. do get that extra week before we can pounce on if anyone does kill it. You know, we all want to see how the Tigers go. Are they going to improve this year? Surely, but... We've said that a few years in a row now. Jaden Sullivan can be a good super great scorer on his day, but we just need to see this play out for the Tigers. Like you even look at Aiden Caesar, not someone I'm keen on, but he's a good goal kicker. If he takes up the goal kicking duties, he starts cheap, maybe, but just need to have a look at it. Yeah, there's too much to watch for yeah. me to start with. Um, and also the beauty of it is that, you know, if they're not going well the first three weeks, Benji could make a change. Yeah. And you're completely fucked yeah. all of a sudden. So hard pass from me. Uh, let's have a look at Tomato Martin, mate. We mentioned him before, dual position. If he snags that 5'8 spot, 363K. I've always really liked Tomato Martin as a footballer. Mm. Um, as a super coach player, he can be a little bit hit and miss for me. What are you thinking? Um, I don't mind him. It would be as an alternative I wouldn't want to be relying on starting him yep. at 5'8". Like, say you had a, a gun, let's say you had Dylan Brown or whatever in your 5'8 slot. I don't mind him as a backup 5'8", but, you know, KO Weeks, provided he gets the round one 5'8 spot for the Raiders, he'll be a popular backup 5'8". So, Tamare, look, in his 80-minute games last season, started last year 30, 29, 91, 40. Uh, then he was injured in round six, and then he came back final game of the year in 36. So <laughs> the thing is, he hasn't had enough time to build up combinations and get his probably full match fitness and combinations. So hopefully with the full preseason, fit and fine, he can be all right. I won't rule him out to start the season as a backup 5'8 if he does get that spot, but, yeah, not overcommitting. What's he, what's he priced at? 363K. Yeah, probably enough negatives there to avoid. 
Yep. Uh, let's move to Flanagan of the Kyle variety, 310K. Looks like he will play 5 eights, um in a shocking turn of events. Uh, if he gets goal kicking, it's him and Lomax. Flano hits him pretty well. Lomax, from memory, had a pretty bang average Not finish of the year, year with the T. Um, I wouldn't rule out Flano as the goal kicker. If he does at 310K, uh, I'll have the conversation. I don't think I can do it. Look, honestly, Kyle Flanagan, having goal kicking could have could add two points to his average in the Dragons, realistically. Yeah. It could hurt him for all we know. The only bloke that can score a try is Ravalari's kicking from the sideline every time. It could hurt him. <laughs> yeah, he's a – you don't want him in your team, but, again, just in the halves for the drags, but – 310k, it's very cheap for a goal-kicking half. Yeah. Started last season, halfback for the Doggies, scores of 27, 55, 47, 27, 32, 24, 40, and 60. Okay. He also based quite well in that time, averaging about sort of 25, even towards 30. That was all without goal-kicking. Yeah. So, look, even if you can add maybe six to all of that, You've got a player who's going to make a bit of cash. It'd have to be due to a lack of other options, but I I can see the appeal if goal kicking. And even though those scores at Canterbury, like, I don't know, a Dragon's really going to score that many more points than Canterbury last year. And at Canterbury as well, he, he would have had so many more touches of the football than he will mm. with Ben Hunt. Yeah, yeah, you're in right. In that side. I know that Flano's talking up that Kyle could potentially play halfback and Benny could play that role. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Even if it does happen... Job number one is still going to be get quality ball to Ben Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think the price is a bit of a mirage. There's yeah. too many other red flags around. Uh, let's talk about KO Weeks, 273K. Let's talk about KO Weeks and Ethan Strange together, I guess, mate. Yeah. Um, Ethan Strange about 50K cheaper than KO. Both been named in the halves this week for the Raiders. We spoke about them off the top. Um, I think this genuinely could go either way still. I think it probably goes to KO Weeks, but I said the naming of that trial team in a pretty strong Raider side is relatively telling. So excited for that trial to see, see yep. Chevy, Weeks, Strange, all these boys. I don't have a lot to add just because they're all such a close watch. Yeah. Like Weeks has played a handful of NRL. It's generally been sort of at fullback or all over the shop off the bench. Strange, we've seen what one game. Uh, Chevy, we haven't seen yet. Seen their highlights in juniors and a few games here and there, but they're stepping up to the big boys now. Yep. I just want to watch the trials and, and then make my decision because I, I don't know. But out of weeks or strange, whoever gets the starting half position, they're probably going to be in my team. Yeah. The one that I wins, so. you think? It was, yeah. Okay. Um, you know Ricky Stewart more than me. It's a weird compliment. Good to know. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you feel like the guy that gets the 5 8 spot has it for? the foreseeable future? Like if they go Paul in the first two or three weeks, can you say can you see Ricky making a change? Or yeah, do you think Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a big worry, isn't it? Yeah. Big, like, big you worry. know, he's loyal enough to a degree, but if play comes out and the Raiders start slow and the five eight hasn't been great, particularly as we've spoken about Ricky and his preference for sort of strong defensive halves and the other one to kill it in New South Wales Cup, he'll make the change. Yeah, if you know bit. him that well, can you just say I'll hey just Ricky? Him. Ricky, do us a favour. Let's be fine. Sticky. 
Um, yeah, that worries me. I, I yeah, I, I've sort of thought the whole time that one of them would be in my team too, and they probably still will be. To be fair, but that is the big red flag yeah. with them. Yeah, I, look, if I start them, they're my backup half. I won't feel great about it. it look, it's I've seen people say like, oh, you've got a combination of of Jaden Campbell at five eight, and then say Ko Weeks. You're worried that you have to play Ko Weeks in round two when they're Titans on the bye. Like, it's one week. One week. Yeah. Sure, it's not ideal, and uh, but the other thing is, if they were both playing that week, or they both play round one, Weeks could also outscore Jaden Campbell because yep. Jaden Campbell's also not a knockout hope. It's one week. Like I'm not going to tear apart my side for the sake of one round, especially with pr- people at that price. It's different. Like Melbourne's a team that I'm looking at, who there are a few players I'm a little bit keen on, and they've got that. I think it's around four by. And if you were looking at starting Harry Grant and Pappenhausen, and then you wanted to throw in a Bloor or someone more high more guns you're paying yeah. up for them that then it becomes a bit of an issue but for players at under 500k or whatever it's not as much an issue yeah and even if you get a shit score that one week it'll be worth it the money you make yeah, the back end of the week. season when i get guys Absolutely. that actually want to score points yeah. so don't overthink your buys and that sort of stuff guys uh mate other people on that list no one's really jumping out to me i know you're a big paul turner guy <laughs> but i don't think you'll start with him this year uh, i do like that dual position <laughs> I do love that. Um, Jack Cole, uh, good chance playing the World Club Challenge, I'm hearing, for Penrith. But Jerome Luai will be back before any of that becomes interesting. Uh, and then, mate, we finish the list with uh, Latu Fino and Lockie Galvin. We've already spoken about the West Tigers pairings. Um, I It sounds like Galvin might be the best hope. Mm. But I just – I can't see Bud Sullivan leaving the Dragons to go to the Tigers to not start round one. You would be filthy. Filthy. Absolutely filthy. But – Galvin, he's getting raps galore from Benji Marshall. I said on Blake the other day, I'm trying to work out what Benji's angle is here. Is it just purely Galvin's impressing him and he wants to wrap him? Is he trying to send a rocket up Latu? Is he trying to send a rocket up Bud Sullivan? I'm not quite sure how to read into it all. Yeah, look, maybe Benji's doing a good job of, of throwing rockets up asses because he's convinced me on Galvin, not just him, but like everyone I've spoken to about Lockie Galvin, the kid's an absolute gun and they're saying, you know, he can play second row, he can play, play centre. Yep. He's a big boy, he's strong, he's got speed. I'm like, oh, I'm convinced. There's also been rumours of other clubs, Manly in particular, mm. sniffing around trying to get Galvin. So I do wonder if part of it could be just a bit of a ploy. Yeah. Let Galvin know he's got a future there. They yeah. want to keep him. A um, lot of angles you could look at it from. Uh, but, yeah, he'll be a big watch. If he if Galvin happens to land at 5'8 next to Aiden C's around one. <laughs> oh, not round one, round two. Still be a headache actually, won't it? Yeah. Well, round two watch, round three watch. If he's good, round four, thank you. Yeah. Only at 5'8 as yeah, well. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, that was a bit over the top. <laughs> Settle down, Roo. <laughs> Um, all right. Are we – Kat, who are your 5'8s? Have we – I haven't asked you. My 5'8s my are not locked in at all. Not locked I'm in. I'm not sold on really anyone right now because yeah. I thought Jaden Campbell and you've absolutely thrown a spanner in the works I there. wouldn't buy in – I'd buy into what he's saying more than what I'm saying when it okay. comes to Jaden Campbell. Cat by name, cat by nature. Oh, that was good that. though. That's my new Insta bio. Fuck <laughs> yes, that's great. Uh, so you're, you're looking at Campbell potentially? And potentially. Then just, and I do I, – I am excited about Bud Sullivan okay. as well. I I like him. I think he's so young talent. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Tigers. But once again, there's no evidence yet of what that's going to look like. So I'm struggling a little bit with that decision. That round one buy too. Yeah, that, that's throwing me off. Yes, yeah. All right. We're done and dusted. 
Uh, guys, CBA merch, bloke.shop, 6pm on Monday night for New South Welshmen. As I said yesterday, if you're a Queenslander with two heads, make sure you ring someone from New South Wales <laughs> to help you work out the time. We know how much you battle up there. Don't miss it. They will move very, very quickly. If you want to support bloke, guru in particular, this is probably the best way to do it. Uh, jump over to bloke.shop, some fantastic merch. I absolutely love the shit that can be. How good were they the other day? Yeah, well... Hats, uh, I mean, most things don't suit this melon, pretty rough, but those hats, whacked out on, I thought, it's all right. This is all right. So put Talk about right yourself head, then like you've that. Done so- you've done something well there, mate. I've done nothing, but Kempi's done incredibly <laughs> well. Very fucking well, yeah. Kempi. So, yeah, it's obviously CBA season. You'll see a heap of them out this weekend. Uh, if you get that gear next Monday, you might be a sniff to have it in Vegas if you're going to be there. I know I'll be rocking it over there on the Kangaroo Tour. Uh, but if not, round one back here in Oz. Uh, I'm sure you'll have it all by then. So, super exciting. SC Playbook last night. You had the Wish Guru on. How's he going? We had the OG guru, the wish guru on, Tommy Sangster, the super coach godfather. Uh, he's a good man, Tommy. Yep, T- told us all about what's in store for super coach this year, changes, grilled him about a few things that I said should have been changed. What'd you go with? I would love price changes after one game, not after three. Mm. Yep, uh, super coach Big Bash do it, and I just think it, it really rewards, you know, going – Going out on the limb, picking someone on a, on a hunch and someone that you like early on in the year rather than gives everyone a chance to buy them. I know the game's about keeping things tight, keeping everyone, make it inclusive, give everyone a chance, but I just wish that one, I wish players changed after one game. Um, but yeah, so Tommy, five club previews. We looked at all the trial team pointers and the wins and the winners and losers out of that. Uh, and yeah, all the club previews done. So from next week into all the, the nitty gritty. How good? How's the spy going? I haven't seen him in a while. He's good. Yep, yep. He uh, walked away from Bloke Studios with a free shirt last night. So he's on cloud nine at the moment. How bloody good! Yeah, yeah. So it's um, no, he's pumped up the spy. Was that a CBA shirt? It was not a CBA shirt. He wasn't game to do it without your permission. Oh, fair call. <laughs> Did you take one as well? I, I have. Got to give yet. you a two for Magic Round. Thanks, mate. See, someone commented on some of our CBA merch the other day that um, we should do a merch drop of Timmy's Magic Round shirt, which I think is a fucking sensational idea. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm sure Ralph Lauren would be on board. <laughs> yeah. Brought to Come out with beers and break-evens. If any uh, Ralph Lauren admin <laughs> are listening in, we are looking for sponsors. Which I'm sure there's a few of you, so just yeah. one at a time, please. Um, all right, that'll do us for five-eighths this week. Next week, what have we got left? We've only got left uh, the big boys. The pigs, 2RF, 2RF and front row, row forward. Uh, we'll let you know how we're going to do that. We haven't discussed that yeah, yet. Yeah, if we're doing it. I reckon we do a Michael Dublé, do them, do them both in one episode. It'll be, a bit, it'll be all right, mate. It'll be all right. Relax. Just because then we can get into the good shit. Oh, we're getting okay. close to the season. All right. No, I'm happy. Daily double. <laughs> Give it a go. That'll oh, Fuck, that'll be a nudge. Jesus. It'll be all right. Um, yes, we'll talk about that. That'll be good. Yeah, uh, we're, not locking it, we're not locking it in. We're just... Maybe the maybe the first edition of the late show could be <laughs> we'll the, the front row forwards. We'll work that out. <laughs> yeah, mind. I don't mind that. Okay, we'll talk about that. Kit Kat, thank you for joining us once again. Um, I, I I reckon there's going to be some real rogue picks. Kat's yeah. team. I'm really looking forward. It won't be seeing what she comes up with. But yeah. that's the fun of being a rookie, right? Fucking oath, you, it is. Yeah. It's great. Like I'm go just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, yeah. That, that was nothing but a compliment. Yeah. I'm actually really yeah. excited to see how it goes. Better than having Maddie the Waterboy who just yeah. fucking follows the pack. I know. 
That guy sucks. He does. I hate him. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us once again. Sponsors, reach out. We are open and available. Blue Wealth link is in the description. I might not have mentioned that earlier, so go check it out. We'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 